I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Bible trivia, interesting fact. Tonight's fact would stump me because I would have guessed that certainly um, this was not true. What do we generally call the collection of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? The Trinity. That's right. We call that the Trinity. How many times do you think the word or the term Trinity is used in the Bible? Twice. Brock says twice. That's a very good guess. I, I was going to say once. That was even a little bit better of a guess. None. Zero. Zero. That's a word that we have kind of came up with. And it makes sense. There's nothing wrong with the word. I mean, it it is. Try means three. It's a three and one, right? So it, it makes sense. But the Bible actually never uses the term Trinity to describe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's just a word we've come up with. Imagine there was negative one, even though that wouldn't be a thing. So the Bible that would be just zero. How could you have a word said negative once? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the word, like the Bible, like is written, let's say, without the word, like without the word the like, once, mm-hmm. when it's supposed to have the word the. Something like that. Be interesting. Do either do any of you know a good example or like a good metaphor for the Trinity? Like something to think about how that could how could that be? How could the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be one? If if somebody says, Well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are God. That's what God that 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 makes up God. So that collectively is God, but like what does that mean? How how can it be all three at one time? One example. I've heard before, and it's a good example. This one, I think, is primarily for my grandma. I am a father to you boys. I am a son to my mom and dad. And that's me physically on this physical world, but inside of me is a spirit. That's actually who I am, right? So I am a father. I am a son, and I'm a spirit. But when you look at me, what do you see? You see? That's right, you see me, right? Now, I'm not making a claim that we wouldn't be able to identify Jesus, God the Son, from God the Father. I'm not 100% sure on how all that'll work, although I do think that we'll be able to identify them individually. But they are one. So it's kind of an interesting thing. The other one is this. If the three-in-one 
you find that confusing, then you should also find it confusing when you look at a cup of water. If you find the three in one confusing to understand how three things could make one thing, then why would you find a cup of water to be confusing? Because it has um, one H and two O's. Two H's. Oh. That's okay, but that's the right idea. Because water is a collection of two hydrogen and one oxygen. So when you look at the physical substance of water, what we see is some substance, if it's at a certain temperature, then it's liquid or it's ice or it's steam. But either way, what we're seeing is a collection of two H's bonded to an O. But we don't see a hydrogen, a hydrogen, and an oxygen. What do we see? Just water. We see water, right? So when the three come together, they make something unique that wouldn't exist if the three weren't together. It's kind of like the three branches of government, where I think legislative, executive, and judicial, they all branch. work as one government. That's right. They all work. They all function as one government. That's right. Because then America, I don't think, would even be America. Maybe not. Why does ice float? Because it's less dense. That's right. Why is it? Good job. Why is it less dense? It's a, it's all the same stuff, right? When you freeze water, you haven't gotten rid of anything. So why does water... So you, so you put ice in water, and then... It floats. But how did it... Just by freezing, how did it get less dense? Usually, um... It expanded. That's right. Because ice... Water expands when it freezes. That's right. And so it's the same weight of water, but all of a sudden it's wanting to occupy more volume. Do you know why it does that? Because most things, when you cool them down, you know what they do? What do you do when you get really cold? I hate... Um, what do you do with your body? Like, what? how would you be holding your body right now if you were really cold? You'd be tightening up, right? You'd be trying to tighten up to your core. And most compounds do that. Like steel, if you get steel really cold, it actually gets smaller. Most things, when you get them cold, they get smaller. Why does ice get bigger? I think it's because of the oxygen. That's right. The hydrogens are trying to separate from the oxygens, but their affinity, the chemical affinity for two hydrogen to bond to one oxygen is so strong that they act the bond actually stretches out between the two so they're trying to separate right the hydrogens and the oxygen but they can't because of how strong their molecular attraction is as the oxygen tries to break away the hydrogen ends they just it uh, the connection sort of expands and lengthens out and that's why ice or water actually occupies more volume as it cools down Kind of neat? The Trinity. Never used in the Bible. Causes a ton of confusion out there in the world. And it's not even a it's not even a uh, a Bible thing. It's something we've made up and it causes all kinds of arguments and confusion, and it is not even in the Bible. The word that is. How about that? Ready for chapter twenty? Yeah. 
All right. 2 Kings chapter 20, starting in verse 1. In those days Hezekiah became ill, and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says, Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. I've always had like a vision or a feeling that when I'm in that dire moment of knowing like this is it, that I just know that I'm going to turn to him. I actually think I'll have more peace when it actually happens, when it's happening, than I'll have leading up to it, you know? Because I'll just be able to and give in. And sometimes I think there's going to be something that feels kind of nice about that. I know that it might hurt when, or not hurt, might be uncomfortable when we pass from life to death, but I think there will be a comfort in finally letting go of the fight. Fight with the flesh, these bodies that are not heavenly bodies, you know, and just going to be with the Father. I think it's cool that he prays. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He's still a human being. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. I don't know that I'd want to know. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil, and he recovered. You know what's easy to take out of context? It's like if you're a person who has the gift of faith, and remember that there is a type of faith, or there's faith and then there's faithfulness, right? Faith is a gift, and faithfulness is a fruit. And do you remember what we say is the difference between a gift of the Spirit and a fruit of the Spirit? What's the difference between a fruit and a gift? I know that a gift of the Spirit is given to you by God. Is given. A gift, that's what a gift is, right? It's something that's just given to you. And contrarily, what is required to produce fruit? Needs to grow. Needs to grow. That's right. We receive gifts of the Spirit. We grow fruit of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is faith. It's just believing your God. It's just believing that He will show up, that He will fight your battles for you, that there's nothing too big. That when the Word says that by His body you can be healed, that when you take that bread and you have faith in that, that you believe it will happen. And that you believe it even when you can't see it. You understand? 
But when we talk about that, believing it when you can't see it, now we're getting into faithfulness. Just because you have a strong spirit of faith doesn't mean you produce the spirit of faithfulness, which would be more like exercising your faith, even when things are going against the thing you're having faith in, the thing you're hoping for, right? That requires some amount of fruit to be grown through the spirit into your life. And uh, so I'll look at this and I'll say, hey, look at this, guys. He prayed and he cried and the Lord said, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. Do you believe that if you're suffering of a condition right now that you can pray to the Lord and that he will heal you? Do you believe that? Would you believe that if it was a deathly disease? Would you believe that if you were in a wheelchair and couldn't walk? They're nodding their head. Would you believe it if you were blind? Yes. There you go. What if you believed that for the next 35 years and it didn't happen? Would you believe it in the 36th year? I believe so. Would you? To be honest, it might be a bit hard. That's right. Both are absolutely good answers, right? It would be hard. Okay, but this is part of the problem is that people want to take this and say, well, you say that the Lord, it's in his heart to heal you and he promises healing, but I'm not seeing any healing. Well, guess what? It is faith in him. Do you understand? Your faith is in him. Your faith is not in your faith. But if in that 36th year, faith in your faith is the, is your measurement and your faith is running low then you're going to start to have a hard time believing in the thing you're asking for and besides what is faith that's seen right faith in what is seen isn't really faith you've seen it right have it's it's powerful when you have faith and can remain faithful in the thing that's unseen you know what i'm saying I understand. We are human. Just understand that the Lord makes, the Lord does heal, and that the Lord will respond. We're not dictating the terms, and we're not dictating the times. Our goal is to remain faithful even when he does not. Well, you know, why wouldn't he? I have no earthly clue. I'm not him. The Bible's very clear about that. His ways are not my ways. Are they your ways, Trey? No. no. That's right. Are God's ways your ways, Brock? No. Are they the pastor's ways? No. no. Are they Joseph's pr- prince's ways? No. 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 God's ways are God's ways. His thoughts are his thoughts. His thoughts are what than my thoughts? Higher. 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 His ways are what than your ways? Bigger. Bigger. Greater. I totally believe that we can take these types of promises and we can apply them to our life and we can have faith in what the word says. And as we've talked about before, when our life experience doesn't match up with what the word says, then we need to make a decision. Are we going to put our faith in our temporary life or are we going to put our faith in the eternal word of God? And that's where we want to get. Where even after 35 years of praying to be healed of a condition, on that 36th year, we receive it, right? I told Trey the other night, I had prayed for my back for a long time, right? And I had prayed for my eyes for a long time. And I wanted the Lord to heal my eyes. 
just wanted him to heal my eyes. I was starting to not be able to see very well when I was young. You know what ended up happening? I had LASIK. And you know what? I see perfectly. Well, somebody might say, well, that's just anybody can go get LASIK. That's a thing of this world. That's an earthly thing. But you know what? You can give credit to who you want to. I'm going to give it to God. Because not everybody's a candidate. And not everybody has the money. And not everybody has a good doctor to do it. Not everybody has... the More people on this earth do not have the ability than do have the ability. So I'm going to call that blessing from God. The world's just going to say, no, that's just the world. But I'm going to say... I'm thankful for the people that he put in place with tremendous talent to be able to deliver me and heal me in that way. You know what else I prayed for is my back. A doctor didn't do back surgery on me. Trey, do you remember my story? What happened? Um, a pastor at church asked for people with back problems, with things bad with their back to raise their hand. And you raised your hand and people laid hands on you and then you you your back was better yeah that's right and it was it was intense and people are gonna say oh well you know what i i don't uh you know you can make that up or you can but you know what it happened to me i don't expect anybody else to live off of my experience i don't expect anybody else to have faith in the things that have happened to me that was for me you got to go out and you got to Give the Lord your heart and give the Lord your faith and you go develop your own faith, right? You go have faith in something and let the spirit grow in you so you develop faithfulness. You can't live on other people's faith. But I will tell you, as sure as I'm sitting here, I was standing there and it took humility. It takes humility to raise your hand up and say, I need help. I need someone. The spirit's in this room and he wants to heal. Is there somebody here who has the humility to raise their hand and say, I need healing. There's something here. The Spirit wants to give you something. Will you raise your hand, reach your hand up to the Lord and take it? Well, I did that day. And as they were laying hands on me, I'm not kidding. I couldn't, I couldn't walk barely. Lindsay knows. I couldn't walk barely. Brother Neil lays hands on me with everybody else. But there was this moment when it was happening where Brother Neil says, I'm just, I'm like, at this point, I'm crying, right? Everybody's laying their hands on me and they're praying over me. And Brother Neil has his hand on me and, and I just, I feel this release go from where his hand is. I'm not kidding. But from where his hand is down into my lower back. And as it happened, he said, there it goes. And I mean, it gave me, it just like it is on my arm right now, it made it made my hairs stand straight up when he, when he said that because I could feel it. I could feel it happening just the moment before he said that. Then they asked, you know, there was a, a group of us that were getting prayed for and they asked to, to, to raise our hand if, uh, if we felt something. And uh, I was starting, I was in the middle of, I didn't have a long time, but I was going to start raising my hand very soon. And Brother Neil goes, I know you did. <laughs> and, uh, and I did. And I raised my hand. And, um, you know, like I said, if, if you don't have faith uh, to believe in that sort of healing, then, then you don't have faith. You won't receive it. That's okay. It doesn't have to be a boundary between you and your relationship with Christ. Right? If you don't want to receive the gifts that he has you, you don't have to. You don't have to. But read the board. Read what it says. 
should happen when a believer in Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, lays hands on the sick. Read it. And you will see that this is not some heresaical thing going on, right? This is not uh, some kind of witchcraft or some playing games. This is scripture coming to life. Now, I prayed for that for years. I sustained that injury when I was like 16 years old. I was, you know, whatever, 32 when this happened. That was half my life. Half my life had went by. Or I guess double my life, right? From when the injury happened to when... I mean, that was like double my life. You know, I'm, I guess I'm just putting out there that that took a lot of years. And my faith in ever recovering from that, it went up and it went down. And it went up and it went down. Not all the time did I take communion and take communion for it. Not all the time when I prayed did I pray for it. But I always believed that the Lord could do it. And um, even even in the moments when I felt like giving up, I always knew he could. If he wanted to, he could. I think if he would have done it when I was 18 years old, maybe the first time I prayed for it, or 17, it, it wouldn't have... Um, Sometimes you take things for granted when you're young. But when it happened when I was 32, when it happened in the way it did, with who it did, other people got to participate, other people got to receive. I got to have a human connection in the middle of God's presence with the Spirit. That did something to me. It changed me. I think he knew it was good for me to wait. And I'm, I'm just thankful. So my point is this. Are we all going to get ill late in our life and get delivered like Hezekiah? That's not a promise. But I have faith that he is able to do immeasurably more than anything I can hope or imagine. I believe what we read in the book of Kings earlier when God said, this is easy for me. I believe that the prayers we come from, the requests we, the requests we have, I believe they're easy for him. If he doesn't, if, if he wants to respond to faith, your faithful prayer of healing and give you healing, I believe that's easy for him. And I guess that's all. You guys like that? Mm-hmm. Good. Feeling your faith go in and out, that's human. That's real. That happens. Sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. But continuing in the faith and developing faithfulness over time. That's where we want to go. Even when you feel weak, even when you feel depressed, even when you feel like he's not doing the thing you hoped he would do. C.S. Lewis says it best. Peace, child. You do not understand. Just have faith. Your job is to have faith and be still. The Lord will fight your battles for you. And the enemy who attacks, what did we learn last night? Shall not come into the city. He shall not enter the city. He will go back from the way he re- he came. And if that enemy is healing or is sickness or an injury or a sin or an addiction, whatever it is, remember Pray to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Have faith that he is able to deliver you from that condition. 
and then give it to him. And watch as he makes that enemy leave your life from the exact way it came in. It's good stuff, right? I love you, boys. Love you too. Love you too. You guys are good kids.